Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Scott Reed. Thanks for being on the show, Scott. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Yeah, pleasure to have you on the show. We cannot have enough legal advice, that's for sure. Looking forward to getting into this. But Scott is known as America's legal coach. He's the official Zig Ziglar small business lawyer, a legacy certified trainer, and he has over 20 years of experience as an attorney. The last two decades, Scott has been helping business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, and service providers to shatterproof their businesses and succeed in the professional world. He's a firm believer that seeking legal advice doesn't have to be intimidating or expensive if we treat lawyers like primary care doctors instead of ER doctors. Well, I like that a lot. Through his subscription-based access plan at legal service, Scott is making great strides in shifting that perspective. Scott, thank you again for your time and expertise sharing with the listeners today. And, you know, give them a little more about just who you are, maybe where you're located and what your focus is right now. Sure, Whitney. Again, thanks for having me. I'm located in Denton, Texas. So we're just 35 miles north up I-35 from Dallas. I've lived in that town for, wow, about 20 years. I've uh, been married uh, 28 years to my beautiful wife, Bibi. have two boys, Jake, who's 20 and Luke's 17. And they keep me pretty busy. I also double as a varsity soccer coach for my 17-year-old's school. So stay pretty busy, but our, my primary focus, other than family, is to uh, help entrepreneurs, especially investors, put deals together and make sure that they're what I call shatterproof. Nice. So, you know, I'd love to dig into that and you help us to just think about how to structure our business so it's shatterproof. You know, maybe some common things, you know, people are coming to you, I know, often, like you're the ER doctor and we don't want to do that, right? Or, you know, we don't want to be in those shoes. So help us to think differently, even about our relationship you know, with an attorney like yourself and how, you know, you can be that, you know, the doctor we're going to, you know, on regular visits as opposed to when it's too late, most likely. Sure. In my book, Five Strategies to Shatterproof a Business, the first strategy is that you need to assemble what I call a team of key advisors. There's really four. You know, people could argue with me with a couple more, but there's four I think you really need to have. The first one is you need to have an accountant. I prefer a CPA, but there's some good accountants that aren't CPAs that really understand your business. So for today, that really understands doing uh, real estate syndication deals, uh, the structure, the taxation, the cash flow, all of that, so that they can help you be successful. They can help you set up your books. They can set up your accounting software. They can teach you to use it. These are things that most people don't really know how to do when they start an investing company or career, right? They're shifting out of probably a nine to five business or a work job, a W-2 job. And now this is totally new. So if you add that one key advisor, it can make a really big difference. Somebody that's going to know those things. I mean, that's going to be an accountant that you're not just going to find just on a whim either, right? I mean, but somebody like that can just change your business drastically for the better. I mean, if they have that experience, they understand structure, they understand cash flow, that's just going to be a key advisor for sure. Yeah, I mean, they can teach you how to read financial statements. They can help you evaluate the properties if they really know what they're doing. You know, the reason I call it key relationships, because it's not just find one and then call them every April 
and give them your tax stuff. It's have a continuing conversation with them as your business grows, as you encounter different things so that they're keeping up with you. You're making sure you have the best advice, right? Then the next thing to, to add on to that would be you want a banking relationship. You need a banker, not a bank. There's a bank on every corner. You need a banker that, you know, you have their cell phone number. They have your cell phone number. You can call them when you're trying to put a deal together. Maybe you need to write a check to put down on a property and maybe you're a little bit short and they can either offer you a line of credit or maybe you've got a deposit that will come in the next day and they'll trust you because of that relationship to go ahead and let you write what would normally be a hot check. So with that relationship, you can really go a lot further. The, the next thing that you really need to have in a relationship is an insurance advisor. You need someone that probably is an independent broker. They don't have to be, but that can look at your business, whether it's real estate or anything else, and say, here's the different coverages you need for your business right now. Now, you may not be able to afford them all, but at least you know. Growing up, G.I. Joe always said, knowing is half the battle. So you know what you need, and then you can check them off as you get more cash flow, if you have more ability to pay, you can make sure you have those coverages in place. And then the last but not least is that you need to have a legal relationship. You need to have an attorney that is working with you on your business. They need to help you set up the business so that you have the right structure, what I call the foundation for your business. And then they just need to run with you as you're making these decisions as to who to invest with, what vehicles to use. If they understand what you're doing, they can be invaluable in making sure you don't step into some really big potholes along the way, which can be very costly. That's interesting. You talk about having that legal relationship, somebody that can help you know where to invest, who to invest with possibly. Because most of the time I think people think about, well, who's going to help you with knowing where to invest? Well, you think, okay, financial advisor or you know somebody like that. But, but often as a syndicator, you know, people say, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to have these documents so I can give them to our attorney. And we welcome that because I'm going to value your opinion as well. And then the investor is paying for that. So, you know, I welcome the feedback, right? A good analogy here is that with these four advisors, you don't want to hire them when there's a problem, a storm, right? It's like if there's a hurricane, you want to already have your plywood at your house so that you can put it on the windows. You don't want to have to go try to find plywood in the middle of a storm. You know, they can't jack up the price anymore, allegedly but it can be hard to find it. And with a lawyer, especially if you get in trouble and you have to Google a lawyer, call your friends, who do I go see, make an appointment, probably a week out if they're any good. And then by that time, it may have gotten worse. Once you meet with them, they don't just instantly start to work. Then you have to actually retain them, pay them some money. That could really take a long time and kind of be a headache. So do that now while you aren't in trouble, while there's no stress and nail down that relationship for any of those advisors so that you have that done. On the legal side, I think you should have someone that has some sort of a pricing plan that makes it easy for you to use them so that you don't have this fear of calling them. But traditionally, lawyers always bill by the hour, which really comes down to every six minutes. And so if you call them, then you feel like money's flying out of your pocket. So we changed that model about seven years ago to where our business clients can call us unlimited with any question they have doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't even have to be legal. It can just be a question. They don't get charged for that. They can email us, text us. They have unlimited access to my team because we want them seeking advice as they're running with their business, not when they get in trouble. That's more costly for everyone. It's harder for me to deal with. I don't want hard. I want easier. And so by doing that, it makes everyone's life better. And you just have to think you have to work ahead of time to create that relationship. And there are other lawyers that will have similar type of ways to work. 
or you could come up with a retainer relationship, but something where you have that nailed down now, not waiting for that problem to come. Great advice. And what are some of them, I guess, maybe some uncommon problems, but problems that we need to be aware of that we're not going to be a shatterproof? Yeah. So the second strategy would be the structure. And you know, I've talked about this before, that you need to make sure you have the right legal entity in place. So talking about syndication, we're talking about limited liability companies, limited partnerships, and now what's really popular would be the series LLC. And you can use any of those entities. They will all work. You need to understand them. So you need someone that can teach you what they are, how they work, and what the advantages and disadvantages to those different entities would be for your particular investment or business. And then you need to have it set up right. In this world where we can go online and find all these different portals that you can do your own legal documents, which is great, there's some danger there, right? Danger, Will Robinson, because you may not know how to answer the questions they're asking you to fill out these online forms. And if you answer it incorrectly or just different than they expect, you may get something in the form that shouldn't be there. So you should have that relationship. You should go get those done by someone that knows what they're doing. Because there's some steps you really need to follow to have a real legitimate entity. Because the purpose of it is to have separation from our personal lives, from our business or investment life. We don't want anything at work or in investments to come home and hurt us. So by setting up the right entity the right way, then we ensure that that doesn't happen. But if you skip some steps, you could leave yourself exposed. So it's really important to make sure that you do that right. You know, you need to file the certificate of formation. It needs to have the right language in it. Then you need to have an operating or company agreement for your LLC. And then you need to ratify that by either having a, a meeting with yourself or the other investors or doing a unanimous written consent to that so that there's proof that you actually did form this LLC. And then you really should do annual minutes of kind of what happened with your company over that year and approve everything that was done by the members. It's not required by most states, but it goes a long way if you end up in court and someone's trying to pierce your corporate veil and go after your personal assets. You know, you mentioned, you know, there's ways to get these documents cheaper online, some of that. And I understand that. And But what I like to say is, you know, you're really like, I want the relationship, you know, with somebody like yourself, right? And I don't care if I'm paying a little more up front because what I know is invaluable is when I need to be, you know, unfortunately, if that happened where I need representation and some real help, okay, you know, it's the time for the ER, like you mentioned earlier. I already want to know you, right? I already want you to be involved. And if you've created those documents, I hope that you're going to go to bat for me, right? As opposed to calling you after the fact, after I've bought the cheap documents. Sure. And then a lot of people are just going too fast with this stuff and not putting together entities at all and using general partnerships to do this stuff, which is really dangerous. And then, you know, I've had clients come in that they've got 10, 12 properties that they're invested in and all their interests are owned in their personal name, right? So maybe they, someone put together entities for the actual investments, but they own those investments in their personal name. So there's no separation between them and the investment. So everything they have exposed, you end up with one really bad lawsuit. Everything that you have personally is tied up in it. I've had that happen with clients. You have to have a plan for your business. So if you're going to be a syndicator, then you need to have a plan for how you're going to structure those deals. We create what I call shatterproof business structures. So every client has kind of this custom diagram going in as they come into us, we create that for them so they can see here's the companies I have now. Here's what I would have as I grow in the future so that I can make sure that I'm protected so that my personal assets are protected from my business so that each business asset is protected from the other asset. 
a lot of investors are doing multiple things, right? The real estate may be their side hustle. They may still have a W-2 job. Well, they wouldn't want to do something with their W-2 job or with another business that might create liability for these properties. So you have to make sure you've kept everything in separate baskets and then you have agreements between them. None of this is rocket science. It's just that you need someone to help you stay on top of it, design it, stay on top of it, maintain it. Sure. And that's why we need somebody like yourself. So as far as, you know, you mentioned like having LLC, obviously having these things structured and speaking with someone like yourself to, you know, way ahead of time, just to really have an outlook of what we're kind of growing into. But I wanted to ask you, even from a, say, passive investor standpoint, would you recommend investing through an LLC as opposed to our own name? Just like buying, say, a syndication specifically, or as opposed to using our own name? The name of the asset protection game is to own nothing in your name. So you'd want to have at least one piece of some entity between you and the entity you're investing in, in my opinion. A lot of people do it, do it, but you're leaving yourself exposed. So you should have a vehicle that you use to invest in real estate investments. If you're doing other kinds of investments, I would have a separate LLC that does that. I wouldn't invest in different classes of things from the same LLC. You have the kind of coverage that my clients have. All they have to pay is the state filing fee to set up an LLC. And if you're using the series LLC for these things, it costs nothing after you set up the first one. It's In most states, it's about $50 to file that you've created a new sub-series. So that makes it really simple. There's just not a real reason anymore not to have that entity to own whatever you're doing. Why would we do a series as opposed to not doing a series? The series gives you some real advantages for speed and efficiency, right? We set up the master, let's call the master of the series LLC, which is kind of the umbrella entity. And then it owns these series that we can just pop up with by drafting documents, giving them a name. We now have this LLC. The sub-series can be owned by different people. It doesn't have to be the same ownership. And then each sub-series is completely separate from the other. The liability doesn't go back and forth. There's no taxation back and forth. Everything is completely separate. So it gives you these silos of protection without having to file. In Texas, it's $338 to create a new LLC, which isn't expensive, but that's a pain if you're doing a lot of deals. With the series, you don't have to do that. You can just keep creating them. And you know most of your deals will be pretty much the same in the same class of assets. So it's not really that difficult to even create them if all you're using them to do is buy into someone else's deal. That's real simple. If we're creating a deal for you to syndicate, well, that's a little more custom, but it could still be one of the cells in that series LLC. So you just save a lot of money in the long run on filing fees. And you would just have, if you're looking at a diagram, you'd have that master at the top. Then you just have all these ladders of LLCs down the bottom and then it's real easy to do the books. It's real easy for your accountant to keep track of. Everything's really easy. It's just kind of a new vehicle. And when I say new, last 20 years, in the last 10 years, it's starting to get more popular. And now in the last couple of years, I think I've gotten comfortable with it. I think it used to be primarily used for oil and gas. It's becoming a lot more general use for it, uh, not just oil and gas or real estate investment. Okay, awesome. And so. So you mentioned the team of key advisors, the structure, and there's more, right? Sure. The third one would be to document everything. So if you're in real estate, you cannot do a real estate deal on a handshake. It's not enforceable. The statute of frauds, which is a statute that says which deals have to be in writing, says the real estate deal has to be in writing to be enforceable. 
So you can't lock down a piece of land by shaking the farmer's hand. You've got to actually have a written agreement. Another place that a legal advisor comes into play, but if you're business savvy, you can put together an enforceable agreement to lock someone in fairly simply. That's not that hard. You just need, there's a few things you want to make sure that you've got all the dates in it for when someone has to perform. You have all the money right in it. You have the property description correct in a real estate contract. There's some things that you can kind of do to lock one, to lock it down. But that's what I see people not doing in this is they'll meet with someone. They may shake hands. I think they've got a deal and they don't take that extra step fast enough to lock that into a contract before they start trying to ground up investors. And then someone else comes in with a better offer and you've lost the deal. Yeah, that's also where we'd be communicating with someone like yourself to have those documents ready and make sure they're what they need to be. Yeah. And really in real estate, you probably want to add that fifth advisor. I would think you'd want to have, unless you are a real estate agent or broker, it'd probably be a pretty good idea to have a strong relationship with someone in that business that can be your go-to person bird dogging deals for you for one thing. And then also they can really put together those contracts very fast, especially if they know how your business runs. If you have this team approach, then your lawyers already reviewed the forms that they use. So you kind of have it all ready. You have to know what you're going to do. So you have to plan and prepare. And then once you've done that, it makes it really easy to win in life and in real estate. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to document everything. Those are five things. Is that right? There are five. The fourth one would be to make sure that you protect your intellectual property. So if you're creating a, a brand like you've created for yourself with Fridge Life, then you want to trademark that name. You have an automatic trademark. It's called common law trademark. When you use something to stand for your business and consider it your mark, that is yours. And you could stop someone else from using it, but without registering it, you couldn't recoup damages. Say people started investing with them because they thought it was you. They made a bunch of money off that. That's money you should have made because that was your brand that you built. If you register it, you can recoup that plus the attorney's fees. The other thing that you want to make sure you're doing is if you're creating content, like your podcast, then you want to make sure that you're copywriting those. You want to use copyright notices on your videos. You want to use them on your websites. And then if you have something that's unique, maybe you've created a, a real estate course or some kind of video course, then you want to register that with the copyright office. I think it's like $75 to register it with the copyright office to actually have that nailed down that this is mine. Can't take my content and reuse it without paying me. And so that's really the fourth step is to make sure you're protecting your intellectual property. The fifth strategy is also about intellectual property, but it's the flip side. So don't use someone else's. A lot of entrepreneurs are throwing up websites for their new companies, right? They've had the Gerber entrepreneurial seizure. And so they go online and there's some really easy ways to create websites fast. You don't have to have any talent anymore to do a quick website. Well, where do you going to get images? You go to Google and they're all over the place. They must be free. They're on Google. Well, they're not. Most of those have copyrights on them and aren't royalty free. And what happens is you put them up on your website and then there's people that have software that's trolling the web looking for their clients' copyrighted images. And they can identify them and then they start sending, they'll send you a demand letter and you're on the hook for some really big statutory penalties. And there's no oops defense doesn't matter that you didn't know. You're going to pay them. It's just a matter of how little you can get by with. Sometimes you can negotiate that down, but if not, they're going to sue you in federal court and you're going to lose. Even if your webmaster uses the images that aren't right, you're still going to be on the hook for it. They won't. So you want to make sure 
that anyone's intellectual property that you're using, you have the permission to use it. And you want to make sure when you do brand name your investment company, or if you're selling real estate, your real estate sales company, that it is something that someone else hasn't already used because you wouldn't want to build your brand on someone else's and find out years later that you've infringed on their mark and then have to start all over and possibly pay them some damages. I've heard very few times anybody talk about those free photos, quote, I'm glad you brought that up. When you're in the moment, you're trying to build that website, you know, you're fixing to go to that networking conference. And I hear it all the time, you know, we got to get that website up really fast. And like you said, where you're going to find those photos and you don't normally just think of something like a photo you're getting off Google as being something you're really stealing from somebody else. Yeah. If you think about it, though, you really are. They've put some time and talent into that. And so they deserve to be paid something for it. And there's some pretty reasonable sites out there where you can actually buy them. And then there's, there are some sites that are royalty free. You just have to be careful and just know what you're doing. And then if someone else is doing it for you, make them prove to you they have permission for those images. But yeah, it's kind of an overlooked step. It's happened to my clients. They've come in and that's been how we've ended up representing them is that was their problem is they get this demand letter that scares them to death. Yeah. And glad they were working with you right <laughs> at that point. Any other, you know, maybe one thing that we wouldn't normally think of that could get us into trouble that we should be, you know, watching out for as far as in the syndication business or anything from website to anything like that, that your clients have dealt with? Yeah. In the syndication business, I think one thing to, to really look out for is you're partnering with other people. If they are investing in the name of entities and you want to make sure that you do your homework and look for what I would call the birth certificate for that entity, which would be a certificate of formation or articles of incorporation. And you can pull those off of the state websites usually for, it might be a dollar or less to get a copy of that and make sure that they're in good standing to do the deal because they might not be. And you want to make sure that everyone's part of your deal, everyone's in good standing. And so that's kind of a trick. Because some people, it may just have been, they forgot to file some report and something happened to where they lost their status of good standing. It can be fixed usually pretty quickly. But that if you're putting the deal together, you want to make sure that everyone that's doing that has the right standing so that your deal is legitimate. Scott, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Systems. Systems has been the key. Is there one specific system or something that's helped you with systems that, that we could all use? Well, don't do things twice. So. If you figure out in your business that you need a system, then as you're doing it, create the system. It's really easy to do now, right? You can type out the steps into a Google Sheet, and now you've got the 10 steps on how to do a podcast interview, so you have that checklist, and then you can take that and actually go, if there's certain things you do on your computer, you can do a screenshot of your video, walk yourself through it, and then the next person that has to do that can watch your video, look at your checklist, and do it. It takes you maybe five or 10 minutes longer than it would have to actually just do it. And then next time you can delegate that to someone else because you've got it created. But if you don't do that, if you just keep doing it over and over again, I've been there, I did this the hard way, then it gets very frustrating because you can't ever get anyone to help you because you haven't taken the time to explain what you need. And if you've explained it right and created the system, then you can hire a virtual assistant and all you have to do is share the Google Doc with them and it's got the system for doing whatever task you want. So that's been really key for me as we've tried to scale our business is to have systems that new teammates can follow without having to be highly skilled. Not that we don't want good talent here, but I don't want my business to be talent dependent. I want it to be system dependent. And then it doesn't require as much of your time than either training. That's right. And so if you just do it as you go, 
it takes a lot less time than having to go back and do big chunks of checklists and videos and just building a business, build the systems as you go. It's much easier earlier in your business because you're not going to be quite as busy. If you get a hundred units under your belt, you're going to be really busy trying to keep up with those. And you may not have time to create the systems that you need for an executive assistant to start using. So do it as you go. And then when you, as you grow, you'll be ready. You'll be so thankful you did. I can second that. That's how I get all this done for the podcast. Exactly. It's creative a video of my screen and talking through exactly what I'm doing. And then I can let any VA anywhere in the world watch it so they know how to do it. That's awesome. And, you know, how do you like to give back, Scott? We give back with in various ways. I'm very involved in church. And then we also pick from time to time a different nonprofit that we will uh, donate some proceeds from our law. Nice. Scott, you've been a fantastic guest. I really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise and really just uh, helping us understand the relationship with somebody like yourself and not waiting till, you know, it's the last minute, but whether it's developing that team of advisors, the structure, the documenting everything, protecting our property, and then and not using someone else's property. I just appreciate how you elaborated on that. And tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and your company. Well, you can go to reblaw.com and then forward slash syndication. So S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-I-O-N and Reblaw is R-E-I-B-L-A-W. So reblaw.com forward slash syndication and it will come to a show page just for your show listeners. We have some special offers on them. There's a free white paper for them. They can get my the book we just have been kind of going through, more information on our access plans. And I have a business law masterclass that they can get access to on a real reasonable basis to learn some of the business law skills that you need to run an investment business. And then you can always find me on the Scott Reed on Instagram. Awesome. I didn't even know you were doing all that. That's, that's incredible. I appreciate you offering that to the listeners and the value you've created today. Appreciate the listeners being with us today and every day. I hope you'll go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and join us on the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, and we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.